0: Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. 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 Podcast, A fun and conversational show. Where two coaches teach you about anxiety, panic, and PTSD. And how you can overcome them for life. Aloha. Welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I'm glad you're back here with us again today. We have a great podcast lined up for you. We're going to talk about six anxiety-provoking thinking patterns. So stick with us. First thing I want to do, though, is thank everybody for being here. You show up, you support us, you donate over on the website. It's just wonderful to see those five-star reviews you leave us, all of these ways of helping us stay not only on the air, but visible to other people that are looking for help with their anxiety, their panic, and their PTSD. Thank you for helping us help others. We have other things that we offer here at Anxiety Coaches Podcast. We have one-on-one coaching. Um, It's a, a way that you sign up with one of our coaches and you work with them individually, weekly, or twice a month whatever works for you, and the plan that you make with your coach. And your first session is a shorter session, a kind of discovery call, that's about 30 minutes, and that one is always free. So if you have any interest, and you've kind of been wondering what it's about, and you have questions about it, or you just want to share your story and see if a coach might be able to help you, send us an email. Um, Or you can go to the website, Podcast. Dot com and click on the one-on-one coaching tab or you can send us an email letting us know you're ready to talk to a coach to see uh, and learn a little bit more about this and you can send that email to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com we also have group coaching we have uh, email and text coaching if you're not one that wants to set an hour aside every week to be coached Uh, this is actually it's very close contact with your coach every day and we also have a free facebook group um, almost getting up to four thousand members and so if you like to be on a community forum and just you know read what's going on and hear how other people are dealing with things it's great community support and the coaches jump in there also so you get some uh, great com- uh, you know, conversation with the coaches if that's what you're looking for. I hope that you'll check out more if you need it. Otherwise, please keep coming back to our twice a week podcast and, uh, and jump in over at our Facebook group. It's free and it might be fun for you to see what else is going on in that community. All right. Let's get on with our show today. Um, Again, six anxiety-provoking thinking patterns. Um, You know, our thought process is so... uh, It's kind of a mystery until you really start to look at it. Like, where do these feelings come from? Where do the thoughts come from? Why do I think what I think? And like we... um, mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago read the little story about the good wolf bad wolf and which one will win well the one that you feed and so that's what we want to think about our thinking too the things the thoughts that will persist are the ones that we feed so let's get on with this here there's six uh thinking patterns that i wanted to discuss with you the first one is that feeling and thought rather that thought of constantly fearing the worst, and waiting for the other shoe to drop? I know that if you have anxiety, you have uh, you have felt this. It's just always dreading the upcoming situations, and um, and and feeling. You know the fear is that you're you're going to have an anxiety attack or you're going to have a panic attack uh, in the upcoming situations, and so you just totally dread it. So you're fearing the worst. Well, the worst isn't happening, and so that's a thought. And waiting for the other shoe to drop is the exact same thing. It's, You know, everything's a catastrophe. The worst is always going to happen, and you don't really have any uh, concrete evidence of this going to be. It's a thought, it's not happening, and you're wasting all of your time and energy on something that isn't even there yet. And so it's it ends up being a very negative thinking pattern. There's uh, I'm going to get into some ways to get over some of these things after we discuss all six of them, but I, um, I want to be sure that you're hearing me on this. It's It's the fear of the worst. And so in Claire Weeks kind of speak, we would call this the second fear, right? We're not stressing or fearing over what is right in front of us, but we're fearing fear itself. We're fearing that we're in a situation that's coming up, that we're going to be anxious, fearful, or panicky. So that is the piece that keeps the anxiety alive in us. It is the kindling that starts that bright fire of fear, hormonal release, physical sensations, fear, and it just keeps going over and over again until we start to pay attention to it. And it's through that that we begin to make some changes, but we'll get to that in a minute. The second one I have is uh, overgeneralizing things in life and overgeneralizing with our thoughts and um, that's the kind of thinking where you're just you just assume um, that something's gonna happen again because it happened before and that's us not having any faith or hope or trust In the process of life because if anything is sure in life it's that things change and um, things are rarely the same but that's just a generalization we get that in our head that um, you know I I felt really uncomfortable in the grocery store and then I'm just always gonna feel uncomfortable in the grocery store I'm gonna be hot and my heart's going to be beating heavy, and I'm going to be sweaty and need to leave. So every time you think about a grocery store, you begin to have that. That's overgeneralizing. That's going to happen over and over again. And just because it happened once. The third one that I have here is um, negative mind reading. And that is us assuming that we know what other people are thinking. And rarely, if you have anxiety, are you thinking that they're thinking something positive about you. So it's assuming that you know what others are thinking about you or the situation, uh, and it's usually leaning to the negative. Uh, if we were thinking positive things, we would; these wouldn't be um, a, a problem for us. It might be a problem in a different way. Um, We may be a little deluded, but uh, we are, what we're doing with negative mind reading is really beating ourselves up rather than the world beating us up. It's like, I'm going to do it first. I'm going to just assume that you're thinking bad thoughts about me. You're looking at me. You must be thinking I'm weird or my hair is wrong or I'm too fat or I'm too short or Whatever, somebody could just be thinking about you. Or in relationships, it can be, um, I did, you didn't, they didn't text me, so they must not like me, right? If we jump to these conclusions, uh, and that's negative mind reading, it's um, actually, that's assuming, again, that they start to overlap, right? That's like assuming um, what we were just talking about, overgeneralizing. Also, they didn't text me last time, when they were mad at me, so this time when I didn't get a text, it must mean that they're mad at me. But it's negative, you think you know, negative mind reading, you think you know what they are thinking. And the reality in life is, we don't know what other people are thinking. And so it is best to stay in our own minds and in our own business and work on those things that we can control and take care of, which is our own thinking. The fourth one I have is called um, negative fortune telling. So this is, again, really negative about the future. Thinking that you know what will happen in the future, but not thinking of a positive thing or even a neutral thing. It's things like it. it's just not going to work. I know it won't work. I, you know, I, this cannot be because... It's, it's not happening for me, I can't do that. I, it's that fortune telling of, I know it won't work, so I'm not even gonna try. And that's, we get stuck in that a lot with anxiety, and that's where the world starts to close in on us a little bit is that we don't try because we think we know what's going to happen in the future. I'm not going on that trip because I know I'm going to have panicky feelings in the car. I'm not going to go shopping because I know, I just know that as soon as I get in the door, I'm going to get hot. And maybe these have been experiences in the past, but we must give ourselves a chance to have every moment be new and fresh if we're ever going to find our way out of this negative loop of thinking. The fifth one I have is unkind self-talk. This is pretty prevalent. Um, we can, we've all been kind of taught to be a little bit hard on ourselves, right? Uh, saying things such as, I'm so stupid. Or like when we make a mistake, go, I'm an idiot, but really like having the energy of it, that negative thinking about yourself and saying it to ourselves over and over again just becomes very heavy. We begin to, um, of course we think thoughts and when we think a thought over and over and over again, it becomes a belief. And so we end up having these beliefs about ourselves And these are usually very private. These are often things we don't share with other people, this really uh, down-on-ourselves, negative talk. Because, you know, we understand intellectually that in order to have good self-esteem or a positive um, mindset about ourselves, we need to think positive thoughts and talk to ourselves in a positive manner. But we don't do it, right? That's the difference. Knowing something intellectually and understanding it fully is not actually living it. And that's when we want to start dropping down into our hearts and souls and being able to bring this into our life, not just on an intellectual level. And begin not having negative thinking about ourselves over and over again so that we really end up starting to believe it. The sixth and final one I have, I know I've done an entire podcast on this one, black and white thinking. And so this is where we don't see the gray areas of life. It's where we don't see any middle ground. Things are um, yes or no, black or white, left or right. There is no middle ground in our mind. And of course, that isn't true in life because most of life is lived in that middle area. Most of life is this and that, right? Um, And some of the ways we get stuck with it is doing things like taking a a job, for example, or a work situation, and you say, "My, my work is so horrible. I actually hate it. And we could say something different, like, I don't really like my work right now but it could be worse. And I'm going to make the best of it. And maybe I can start looking for something new, right? That's great. It's like, I don't really like it. It's not working for me right now, but I'm here. I'm in it. So let me make the best of it. And then from that can come some uh, freshness, some newness, like a new idea like maybe I can start looking for something new but when we're stuck in the black and white it's just bad it's horrible it's negative there's you know it's just that cut and dry doesn't leave any room for opportunity any room for change or imagination so one of the reasons we want to come closer into that gray area of life accepting black and white and letting them mix together, this and that, is that it gives us a chance, a freedom actually, to have more opportunity for new thought. And from new thought comes new, new feelings and actions and a new life. So let's talk a little bit about some helpful ways that we can um, begin to dig ourselves out of negative Thinking and anxiety provoking thinking patterns. Uh, One of the things that we try to teach here at Anxiety Coaches Podcast through meditation is to be able to recognize and label our thoughts as they're going through. And so, where that comes into play and can be very helpful in our lives and in this, in trying to eliminate these anxiety-provoking thinking patterns, is that we begin to be able to recognize and label the patterns, label these negative thoughts and the patterns that they come in. We'll be able to start to notice, oh, I have this kind of uh, bunch of negative thoughts when XYZ happens, right? So we, that's the first thing that you want to be able to work on is recognizing and labeling the negative thought patterns. And you can do that through meditation. You will begin to sh- really sharpen your ability to see a thought as a thought, not as who you are. And that's very important in be able, being able to recognize it and label it because then you can change it. Or you can think a different thought. And you could have space in your life for both of them. And you could really have something fresh and new come out of that. The next one is to that we want to work on is to be able to challenge our thinking. And a good place to think about this is if you thought the thought, I'm not good, a good enough, fill in the blank, parent, employee, teacher, mother, Uh, whatever person I'm not a good enough person do the turnaround of this on paper and what I mean what I mean by a turnaround is saying I am a good enough blank and and start to list it out examples of what you have done that did show that you were good enough at that if it was at your job listing that you're still employed. If you weren't good enough, you might be gone already. But we really get so down on ourselves. We think we're not good enough at anything. Everything is... uh, We live in a culture that has taught us we aren't right. We're just not right. You don't look right. You don't smell right. You don't walk right. You're not tall enough. You're. Everything is wrong and needs to be improved. Self-improvement. Well, the reality is you're just fine. If you can just accept right at this moment where you're at, only only there can true change come. Not wearing a mask or not trying to force yourself into a way of being uh, that society or um, a rule book or something has told you that you need to be, but your own true inner essence. And believe me, that is good, it's good. I have no doubt about that. It's just we get very um, separated from that. So write on a piece of paper. uh, First start, I'm not a good enough employee. And then write down, I am a good enough employee, and here is why. Do that turnaround, make a list, really break it down into even itty-bitty little things. You show up, whatever it is down. Give yourself a break and let yourself have a little relief from that. And writing out examples uh, about where we have been good enough is extremely powerful. It's powerful to take things to the paper. Another thing we want to do is to watch for and change up our all or nothing words. And like I say, you're seeing a lot of these are overlapping. But words that we use, such as always, right? Like, I always forget my lunch. Or I always start a fight with my boyfriend. And change that to sometimes. Let's give ourselves a break here because the reality is you don't always do it. Always is, it is just not true. And change it to sometimes or at times. Sometimes I am argumentative with my boyfriend. And then remind yourself, I'm human. I have good days. I have bad days. I have ups and downs. And I am still learning because we're always learning. We're always growing more and more into ourselves as humans and as our own true selves. It doesn't stop. And so if we can be a little bit kinder to ourselves and remind ourselves that when we know better, we do better. Sometimes we just don't have the skill to do something. Sometimes we don't have the capacity. We have only so much energy in a day. And studies have shown that you only have so much willpower in a day. That's why people say do your meditation in the morning. Do your exercise in the morning because actually as the day goes on and evening comes we have way less willpower. We have used up our capacity on willpower and we're more likely to skip out on some of those things we had wanted to do for ourselves. So just know that when you know better you do better and when you feel better you do better. If you're low, if you're sick, if you're been struggling with anxiety for a long time you may be exhausted and it's very hard to be able to be on top of everything when you are that low so have some kindness for yourself have some compassion and know that when you know better and when you feel better you will do better another good thing to do is to write down the negative thoughts and journal them so uh, I like to have clients, and I've had a lot of people do this in the past, take the journal book, it's good to do this over and over again, so you want to keep it all in one book, and uh, fold the page in half so that you have a left side and a right side, and write down your negative thoughts on the left-hand side, you know, those ones that you, that you say to yourself. And then on the right-hand side, write a more helpful way of stating the same thing. So an example of that would be as we were just saying, I always do X, Y, Z. And change it on the right-hand side to say, I sometimes do X, Y, Z. Just a little bit kinder way of saying it. The tone of that is so completely different. I get a whole different vibe when I I think about, when I say, oh, I, I always do that. No, I sometimes do that. It's like giving ourselves permission to be human. So get that on the paper. Again, taking the pen to the paper is so powerful. Of course you can do this on your computer or your phone too, but I love taking pen to paper. And so I do suggest journaling because when the written word uh, with our hand and the pen, we be, it just it ignites a different part of our thought process. We think differently. And it can be an exploration into your inner self. So uh, take some time with it. Take 10 minutes uh, and, and sit with your journal. Write down on the left-hand side the negative thoughts. And write on the right-hand side a more helpful way of stating the same thing. And then you begin to change your thoughts. Because and the more and more we change that thinking, the more we change our beliefs. We begin to believe that we are good enough. We begin to believe that we have the, the power to do things, do different things, to try something new. So give it a, give it a try. Journal, pen to paper. And finally, um, I want to mention the idea of taking time to pause and reflect the negative feelings that we have, such as uh, uh taking the time to see that a low mood that we have, or a a bad mood, uh, that it might have started with a negative thought or a negative thought process. So try to see if you can link the two of them up together. For an example, if you're feeling really low, having a bad day, or you're just down, ask yourself what you had been thinking that led you to that time, into that feeling low. You might be surprised what you come up with, what you see. Um, when I was working strictly with eating disorder clients, and their uh, their journaling was very important part of their process because they had to keep track of the foods. And self-reporting with foods is not a good idea; it doesn't work very well. Uh, we all, none of us, self-report well uh, for food, and so. On the back of their journals, I used to have them just do some free-form writing. And it would be amazing to be able to connect everything, right? Because their food journals also kept track of their moods and their feelings and thoughts. And so on the back, it would be just more free-form. But they would be themselves able to make such beautiful connections. And so you can do the same thing. You don't have to list your foods if you don't have issues with foods, but you can list your, your daily feelings. How do I feel today? How is my anxiety from 1 to 10? No anxiety at 1 and or 0, and high anxiety at 10, and, and list and see what the thoughts were, how your feelings were, and do some free form writing, like some reflection on paper kind of thing. But we need to take the time out of our day to do this, right? We have to pause. And so there's a number of ideas in here. And if one doesn't work for you, maybe another one does. We're all different and we all jive with different kinds of ways to self-reflect. So that's why I keep trying to offer new ideas and new ways because we all change differently. And what will spark you now might not have sparked you, you know, a year ago. So hang in there. Just keep listening. We're going to hit on whatever works for you soon enough, I am sure. So remember to listen to your thoughts. Pay attention. And again, this is where the um, meditation serves us so well. See where your thoughts are and be kind and compassionate when you see them, especially when you see that you're going negative Be kind to yourself. Give yourself a little laugh with it, like, uh-oh, there I go. It's okay to be kind and gentle to ourselves, and it's okay to see a little humor in it. Let's lighten up a little bit. That's the way to move forward. This is not got to be set in concrete. We can lighten it up a little bit. And as you continue to see your thoughts and giving yourself new ways to look at them and new ways of stating things, you, you get more balanced and these new thoughts become beliefs and your life begins to change. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope that you will be able to spend some time to uh, look into these six. The number one, constantly fearing the worst and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Over-generalizing, number two. Number three is negative mind reading. Number four, negative fortune telling. Number five, unkind self-talk. And number six, black and white thinking. I hope you'll come back in a couple of days. I'll have another new podcast for you in a few days. But until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more at anxietycoachespodcast.com. We'll see you next time.